Ojik trying to throw some right hands. McSorley tying him up. Now McSorley knocks off the helmet of Ojik. The fans are chanting, Gino, Gino. This is the Jazz Joe Hall Show on 980 CKNW. Welcome back to the show that chant, Gino, 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 dates back to the first game that Gino Ojik uh, handled the Vancouver Ducks in 1990. As many of you know, Mr. Ojik is a fan favorite. He passed away this weekend, having played uh, eight seasons with the Vancouver Canucks. The uh, news broke Sunday afternoon uh, when his sister posted a message on Facebook. Now, soon after uh, the 52-year-old's death was announced, uh, live during the broadcast of the Sunday Canucks game against the Carolina Hurricanes, um, many people, of course, posted on social media of uh, the impact uh, Mr. Ojek had on them and his tremendous uh, impact uh, on hockey here uh, in our province. Uh, this morning, former Vancouver Canuck uh, owner Arthur Griffiths uh, spoke to our colleague Simi Sarah about uh, his time with Gino Ojek. Take a listen. I remember his first game, and they'd only had a couple of fights, and uh, and I, you know, I was reminded yesterday, of course, from Stan Smeal, but uh, in interview, but it, to 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 know that this guy just understood that that was what he's going to do, and that the, the even Chicago, I think they were, which is who it was against, I think they were just going, oh my goodness, what are we up to? What are we up against? Um, and and his teammates, absolutely, and, and, you know, there's this bond at the '94 group. Of players had and 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 Gino is Gino exemplifies that they were family they are a family uh, they, they are all sad today but cherishing his memories and I think that um, like I said you know he could he could walk into a room in any room any any room uh, whatever it may be uh, uh, people just fell in love with him uh, now earlier today Global News spoke to Cliff Ronning a Burnaby resident and a former teammate of Mr. Ojik, and uh, he was telling uh, the Global News audience, of course, that Mr. Ojik was loved by all. Gino was everybody's friend. Uh, he always had your back. You know, playing the game, you always felt protected. He was a hero to so many Indigenous kids. Uh, he was a true warrior. You know, we've lost one of our best, uh, Canuck Nation. And he, he was the type of guy that uh, was always there for you no matter what, and never demanded anything. He was just a guy that not only the fans loved, but the players loved him, the coaches loved him. That was Cliff Ronning. Well, last year, uh, Ojik's uh, plaque was unveiled in the BC Sports Hall of Fame. As uh, Mr. Ojik made his way to the stage, those in attendance began chanting, Gino, 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 a chant, as I said, that dates back to his first game with the Canucks in 1990. Well, joining us now to discuss Gino Ojik's contribution to hockey uh, in this city is Jason Beck. Mr. Beck is a curator and facility director of the BC Sports Hall of Fame. Jason, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Jess. Your thoughts on Gino Ojik's uh, impact on the city and the game of hockey? Well, I mean, I mean, you're seeing it right now. You you really are. You see, with all the tributes and the stories and and just the outpouring from uh, not just in BC but across Canada and around the world. Like, here's a guy that really made a a major impact, not just on the ice, but virtually with everybody that he came into contact with. Um, you know, there. I think there are some some individuals that are just maybe just a little bit more genuine or a little bit more caring than than uh, than the average person, and and uh, but you don't find them in in professional hockey or in roles like 
um, high-profile roles like Gino was. So it's yeah, it, it's you're really seeing it. Um, it. The I guess the you know when I was trying to sum up his career last spring before the induction, I, I was struggling a little bit to encapsulate it all. And I was at a Canucks game um, at Rogers Arena, and he was introduced to the crowd, just put on screen. And like like you just said, the the crowd started chanting his name, Gino, 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 and that's when it hit me. You know, he's been retired for over twenty years, and fans are still chanting his name at, in in packed arenas. Mm-hmm. You know, most players when they're most NHL players, even stars, rarely have that happen when they're playing, and if they do, it's it's for a brief period. But that shows the impact of of what Gino had on the public here and. Canucks fans and just in sport in general in BC. When did you first meet Gino Ojic? First time I met Gino was in 2017. Um, uh, actually, 2017 and 2018, when we were preparing the Indigenous Sport Gallery at the BC Sports Hall of Fame, we we wanted to feature him in the gallery, which we did, and uh, also wanted to get his input on on some of the uh, some of the work that we were doing. And, and he he was really generous with his time and. And uh, his opinions, and and then also uh, donated um, some uh, some memorabilia that mm. is on display uh, still in the hall. You know? So his memorabilia is there at the Sports Hall of Fame if people wanted to go go check it out. It's we actually still have his inductee display up from his induction last June in the Hall of Champions. So um, yeah, you, you definitely come down and 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 see his display. He's he's also um, he'll be honored for. Um, for, uh, forever in the Hall of Champions with our other honored members and, and honored teams. So, did you give him a tour of the of the Hall of Fame or of that specific display when uh, away from the public? Yeah. So, when the day of the opening of the Indigenous Sport Gallery in, in September 2018, it was a, a really emotional event. There was several hundred um, people f- here for the opening from all over BC. M- lots of Indigenous sport leaders and athletes and, and various communities. Like it really was a, a BC wide event. And Gino was was uh, going to be there. And I thought he he I thought he actually had was in the was in the hall. Uh, but I di- I didn't see him till he came walking up with his friend Peter Leach um, just after the opening ended. And I assumed he was coming back because the event had been so big and so packed. I thought maybe he wanted to take another look. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, we're, we're here. And I said, well, sorry, Tina, you, you're late. Uh, you missed it. And he, and he said, oh, I guess he just got the time mixed up. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, come on down. There's not many people left, but we can give you a tour of the gallery, which was great because he actually had the time and the space and, and kind of a quieter atmosphere to look at everything and take it all in. So he was seeing all these great Indigenous athletes and teams and stories and events that are profiled in, in the Indigenous Sport Gallery. But he was really quiet. And I, I was actually starting to get a little bit worried that he wasn't saying anything, um, that maybe he didn't like it or or there was something wrong. And anyhow, Alison Mailer and I, the executive director, we finished the tour with him and, and uh, he just kind of looked at us both and then stuck out his hand to, to both of us to, to shake and, and just said, this is reconciliation. And it was just like it was such a powerful moment and you could tell he was really moved by everything there. And, um, from then on, he, again, he just continued supporting the hall after, um, whenever we needed after that. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, and, uh, thank you for sharing that story. Um, I think partially, I mean, what you've told me today, it, it, when you look at professional sports today, everything is uh, behind a wall. What you do see is carefully curated, is carefully um, sometimes you know looked over by a PR professionals and and everything in between. There was a, and when you think about Gino, uh, he's more so, um, you know, much more genuine. Uh, and authentic, and sometimes you don't get to see that, whether it be professional sports or something else. Uh, he was different that way, wasn't he? he absolutely was. He, he, what you saw Gino on the ice and in person, whether you ran into him, you know, walking down the street or at a restaurant, um, everything about him was on the surface. And I love like authentic. That Gino was always Gino. He's always authentic, and I think that's why people just gravitated towards him. And he and he uh, just seemed to attract uh, everybody uh, because of that. And I was thinking exactly what you're saying, you know, how they're every, everybody is so careful with what they say in professional sports now and everything's curated and has to go through, you know, media relations and whatnot. You can actually take a lesson. Um, uh, everybody, media relations, everybody, the, the professional guys could take a lesson from someone like Gino on how to be more authentic and genuine and inject a little humor and your, and personality into things. I think we'd all, it'd be better for everybody. Um, you'd also see who, who, you know, the real personalities of people and like you did with Gino. Um, and I think that's, you know, why he was so loved. Yeah, no, absolutely. Jason, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to share, uh, your story about, uh, stories about Gino and on this very important day, because, um, there's lots of folks who appreciated everything that he did on and off the ice. Thank you so much for your time today. No, thank you, Jess. It's an honor.